irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. It is so wonderful to be back in Los Angeles after a month away during the holidays in New Orleans. Hello to everyone there on Facebook Live as well as listeners listening through the various platforms where you can find this podcast, including iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I want to thank you for subscribing and sharing this podcast. We have been growing every month, and I'm very grateful and ask that you continue to subscribe and rate this podcast so I can reach more people with messages of well-being, health, spiritual development and growth. My guest today is one of my dearest friends and I'll be introducing her in just a moment after I reiterate to you to please visit my website if you're interested in working with me. I am an intuitive psychotherapist, also a licensed clinical social worker. My website is NOLA Therapy. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And I work with clients worldwide via phone, Skype, and FaceTime. I do have offices in Los Angeles and New Orleans where we can meet in person if you prefer that modality. And I'd love for you to join my email list so I can send out periodic newsletters about the guests I'll be interviewing, updates on my book coming out at some point this year having to do with healing our core wounding through empathy and self-forgiveness. So again, NOLA Therapy is where you can go to email me, join my email list, follow me on social media there, NOLA Therapy on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and um, I think those are the platforms I'm on. And if you are moved to contribute to my work, I would love for you to do that. You can learn more at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Patreon is a platform for other creators like me where we can be supported by you financially for as little as a dollar a month to help us do what we love. And on that note, I'm going to introduce my guest. In moments, we'll be with Aura Nadrich. She has become a dear friend and mentor to me as a result of having this podcast. Today is her third time on All Things Therapy, and we're going to be talking about her exciting new book. A back, some background aura is that she is the president and founder of the Institute for Transformational Thinking, where you can become a certified thought coach, either through online certifications or in-person per, in trainings. I did the in-person intensive over a weekend, and it has really helped my practice. Aura's technique is called the Says Who Method. It's based on her first book called Says Who, how one simple question how one simple question can change the way you think forever. And her process has to do with asking yourself seven questions related to negative and limiting thoughts that have us feeling down, depressed even, and, and keep us just from our full potential. And Aura's method gets us to walk through asking ourselves these questions. Do we like this thought? Is it supporting us? Is it not? Coming to a place where we release that thought, replace it, 
with more supportive thoughts, and then identifying actual behaviors to implement that we can practice and really shift the tra trajectory of our life. Aura herself is a mindfulness meditation teacher. She's a life coach. She's a thought coach. She writes extensively, is a public speaker, and has done workshops worldwide and exploring motivation and just the process of self-realization and transformation. She's been featured in places like ABC News, NBC News, The Huffington Post, Women's Health, Success Magazine, Fast Company, Mind Body Green, Zip Recruiter, and many more. And Aura draws from psycho-spiritual traditions such as Buddhism, Kabbalah, Jungian archetypes, and cognitive behavioral therapy. And it is with just such happiness I welcome you on the show today, Aura. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me again. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. How are you today? I'm really good. You know, it's it's raining. I should say not raining, pouring here <laughs> in L.A., as you just mentioned. And, you know, I think it's I think it's cozy in a way. I it mean, I'm, I'm indoors and I'm talking to you and I'm really loving the sound of the rain and it's, um, you know, we need it. So I think it's a good thing. It's soothing. I find it to be soothing. It is soothing. It really is. So where would you like to begin on this journey into mindfulness and authenticity as articulated in your new book, Live True? Well, you know, there's so much that I want to you know, begin the conversation, I should say, about Live True. You know, you mentioned Says Who, my book prior, and I feel that Says Who is a very evergreen book, and I will never tire of speaking about transformational thinking and the way in which we can really look at our thoughts more closely so that we can understand them and then we can transform those thoughts that really cause us pain and suffering. And you know, that book has been released out into the world, and so many people use the Says Who method, and I'm, I'm thrilled with it. The book also dealt with mindfulness. As a mindfulness teacher, I love to share the wisdom of mindfulness, which for those that are new to it, it's become very much a, a skill and or practice or a technology, if you will, that's in the zeitgeist today. It's very exciting to know that mindfulness is being talked about and written about and practiced. And in its most simple definition, it is being present in the moment with total awareness. And we know that that is very hard to do. We are very busy people. And so I basically, you know, evolved from the introduction of mindfulness, if you will, in the understanding of our thought processes and how to really present with our own thoughts. And then now begin a conversation about how to be present and connect to our most authentic self, which I think is a very important conversation to have, especially during these times that we're living in. So, you know, my book is just out. It's just been released. It's, in, it's being launched, and I'm super excited to have the conversation of what it means to be present and to lift the veils, as I say, of the false self so that we can connect to the true essence of who we are, the authentic self. Uh, so I'm curious how you linked mindfulness, says who, questioning our negative thoughts, pushing against them, 
releasing them and replacing them with supportive thoughts and then taking that into authenticity and even defining authenticity for our listeners how would you how would you propose that we define our authentic selves well, for me, I define, I mean, of course, there's the, the definitions of authenticity, realness, genuine, you know, the real deal, <laughs> the real McCoy, you know, there's so many different, um, you know, ways in which we could say what is real. Authenticity to me is real. It's the, it's the essence. If you bring it into the context of the human authenticity, it's, being who we are, our true nature, you know, each of us has our what's called the Buddha nature, which is the true essence of who we are. I define that as the sole essence of who we are when we come into this world. You know, we come in as these babies and we are a pure spirit. We're just this pure essence, you know, of realness, if you will. There's nothing more real than looking at a baby. And looking into a baby's eyes that doesn't have any layers on it. Life hasn't, you know, put its fingerprints all over it yet, do you know? Yes. And that is really what starts to interrupt <laughs> the authentic self. That is really when we start to separate ourselves from who we really are. And, and that is what says, uh, excuse me, Live True is all about. It's about, you know, and I, and I, connect it to mindful awareness and the only way in which we can know for sure if we're being true to who we are is to be present Mm -hmm. to be able to catch ourselves when we're about to say something that isn't honest we're about to act in a way that isn't true to who we are you know mindfulness helps us mindfulness keeps us present so that if we have an impulse to pretend, if we have an impulse to uh, deceive ourselves, if we have an impulse to uh, misrepresent ourselves because we want someone to like us or love us, you know, to the detriment of really staying true to who we are, mindfulness is a beautiful skill that helps us go, "Uh uh-uh, hold on, uh uh-uh, not so fast. And being able to ask ourselves, am I being real? Am I being truthful? Am I being honest? Am I being genuine in this moment right now there was so much in what you just said which causes me to think about last night before I went to bed and I was reading your book live true and I was thinking about I even text myself a note since I didn't want to get up and go write it down that there are moments every day for us to be authentic or not and in every single day there's a moment to I think really speak what we're feeling, what we're tossing around in our own heads and share that with another person, how we are even checking out of the grocery store line um, or our cars being parked. For instance, yesterday at Lake Shrine, I, I was leaving the parking lot after meditating and one of the really wonderful gentlemen that I know there started to talk to me about how he's from Iran and part of me was in a rush to get to my next appointment and in that moment, my inner being spoke like, stop, listen to him. And we ended Mm. up having this amazing conversation about how he's from Iran, where it snows a lot, which I didn't know that, and just how he misses his country, but how Los Angeles does feel like a paradise. And we had this beautiful, maybe five-minute conversation, and I almost missed it if I wouldn't have listened to that inner nudge to just stop with my agenda and listen 
to this. And man. that's the inner nudge. You yeah. just said it. Like I say that in Live True. Sometimes we get a little a little reminder or a little push or sometimes a nudge or even a shove mm-hmm. <laughs> that goes, you know, no, 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 wait a minute, be present, be here now, be in this moment. Because as I say repeatedly in Live True, you will never get this moment again. It is gone, poof, gone, goodbye. And we miss so many opportunities because we're so busy trying to rush out of the moment that we're in right now. Now, there are going to be times where we are rushed, genuinely. We, have, we live by a clock and we, or, you know, or at times when we have to, and then there are times when we've we got to get off that clock. And we have to say, what, what does it really matter if I spend an extra couple of minutes really being present in this conversation with this person? You know, we are so quick to jump out of these moments. It's such a waste of precious moments called life. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real art to what you wrote about in this book. There's the practical application of mindfulness as you articulate it through the 30 chapters, which I see as 30 aspects of the self that mm. we can develop. And for our listeners, there are aspects of self consisting, c- composed in the 30 chapters of things like now, the past, the present, the future love, acceptance, truth, and and just how they're these short, powerful chapters to help us actualize and realize those parts of ourselves, aka, I think, being mindful of those aspects in mm-hmm. the various moments that they present. But then there's mm-hmm. also an art of then how do we deliver that, which is where I am in my process aura of how do I deliver my authenticity and truth without being so hurtful or offensive or how to deliver what we know to be true about ourselves. And I wonder if you can help us with that a bit. Well, yes. First of all, I like very much because it's something that I speak about a lot in describing something as the art of, the art of listening, the art of compassion. You know, these are art forms, if you will. It's the way in which we do something that refines it. Do you know what I mean? And when you put it in that context, that practice really is something that we can refine and get better at. And I might add that mindfulness is being in the present moment with acceptance, you know, and I always say the cherry on top is with love, Mm. you know, self-acceptance and love. And if you can do that, you will move through the moments in your life more seamlessly. But we're in process. You know, these are This is the evolution of being a human being, do you know? We have to be kind and loving to ourselves. And there's something in Live True that's called mindfulness repair. And I write about that because there are going to be those times where you're going to be rushing to your car, and you might very quickly or curtly or even rudely say to somebody, i got to go, I can't talk right now, you know, and that could hurt someone's feelings. So when we catch that, when we haven't, spoken mindfully to somebody or we've hurried out of a moment and we were insensitive to somebody or those those words rolled out of our mouths quickly and then we can't roll them back in our mouth and wish we hadn't said something mindfulness and the repair of that the way in which i i talk about it and live true is that catch yourself faster catch yourself let's just say you were in such a hurry that you kind of really just moved on and never spoke to this man that you had this sweet little exchange with you could get into your car and go you know i was a little rushed and i'm going to i'm going to be more mindful of that next time 
Yes. So that if I, let's say, really do have to get somewhere, I don't have to say it rudely, or I don't have to blow somebody off, or I don't have to be curt. I can say, you know, I would love to talk to you, and you seem like such an interesting person to talk to, but I've got to be somewhere mm, by yes. a certain time. And it's the way in which we convey that that makes all the difference. And we're just going to have those times where we're hurried and we're rushed. And that is the greatest thing to learn about a mindfulness practice is that it's like a muscle. You have to develop it and you have to use it. And by using it, you strengthen it. And by strengthening it, you become more mindful and you catch yourself in those less mindful moments. Yes. You know, Aura, even doing this podcast has helped me learn to be more mindful as far as even before today knowing I was interviewing you and I'm so excited since I love you so much that also Aww. that also brought with it more nervousness than I usually feel and I uh-huh. was even edgy a little agitated like you know do I do I have these ideas or concepts down and I really had to stop and self-soothe and know it's from a place of wanting to to, to do such a wonderful interview and conscientious interview that I was so concerned. And there was a r- reminder from my inner self again to just listen. If I just sit here and listen to you, it will flow instead of thinking what's the next bright thing to say back. And I think right. it's, it's such a gift yeah. and lesson to, to listen to people and how mindful, how that is a mindfulness practice to listen and be in the conversation without jumping to our next point to say even absolutely and you know being an interviewer you know having your your show is has certainly got challenges because you're you're certainly holding space for your guests mm-hmm. and you're thinking about you know you want to make it to be the best interview that it can be you have questions you have time you want to cover a lot it's a lot of you know areas to cover so i totally get that but i also think that when we prepare ourselves to go into doing whatever it is we're doing, even if it's this radio show, and to say, I'm present, I'm here, and also a word that I've used a lot lately, free-falling, free-falling, surrendering, saying, I'm here, I'm present, and I'm going to be the best that I can be in this moment, do you know? I like that. And it lightens things up. It does. You know? Yes, just to breathe into that, like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, another part of your book I really enjoyed, and I'd, I'd like for you to speak to it, is where you talk about, and the question, how are we living our lives? Are we living compassionately or with indif- indifference? Can mm-hmm. you talk to us about that? Yes. You know, I mean, I speak about <laughs> compassion, and, you know, that's one of the areas of the the self-inquiry, do you know? And that's really what Live True is about. It's about taking a deep dive into you know, the depths of our being and who we really are and how are we living our life? You know, are we taking the time to be conscientious? Are we raising our awareness and heightening our consciousness? You know, which means that are you caring about others? You know, are you always putting yourself before others? And another beautiful thing about mindfulness that I speak of is that mindfulness keeps us so aware that we're aware of when we're not even bringing someone else into our awareness. You know, it'd be like you're, you, for example, you're talking to somebody or you're at lunch with somebody and, you know, sometimes people will say, okay, enough about me. What about you? <laughs> yes. You know? yes. And we can so easily fall into that trap where we're like, oh my God, I just spent so much time talking about myself. I didn't even give this person a word in edgewise. That's catching it. That's a type of awareness that are you not being mindful? Are you not being compassionate? 
you know, where, where does your compassion lie? You know, where are you serving others, which is another thing that I ask in Live True. You know, that we, we derive so much more satisfaction by not always just putting ourselves first and thinking about ways that we could satisfy ourselves, but how are we really implementing that out into our lives, you know, and out into the world. Yes, and Live True also speaks to, which I often think about as a therapist, is the notion of relational self-awareness, where Mm -hmm. we have the ability to, when we make a mistake, when we blow it, to to come back to ourselves and and then say to that person what, like the mindfulness repair piece that you were just speaking of, what we wish we would have said, taking responsibility for how we said it, and, and really authentically owning whatever it was that that caused things to come out of our mouths in a hurtful way or neglectful or rude or like you said oh my gosh I'm talking all about me how are you and absolutely yes and that's a really good thing that's another strengthening of the mindfulness muscle in that when we catch ourselves even you know I, I talk about that in live true let's just say you're hurrying to get out of the house and you didn't look look at a loved one in the eye or you were rude or you cut them off and you're driving on the freeway and boom you go wow that was really rude or I wasn't being very sensitive and you can hopefully if you can catch it sooner than later that's great but you might not have the opportunity but you can say to that person whether you're going to be back together with them later in the day or you want to send them a text or an email and just say hey listen I'm sorry I felt that that was rushed when I was talking to you and how about if we finish that up later today or you know I didn't mean to be insensitive it's amazing how how appreciative people can be when we bring that to them and say, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to be insensitive to you, and I felt like I wasn't listening, you know, yes. to you as closely as I could could have been. If we did that to one another more, we wouldn't hold on to feelings that we hold on to about one another. And what that does is it can build resentment. And then it comes out in a passive-aggressive way. Mm-hmm. So, look, we're human, and we're going to be short, and we're going to be curt, and we're going to be hurried, and we're going to offend, and we're going to insult. And with this mindfulness practice, we become better at it, and we become more refined in our doing of it. I, I agree 100%. And, and life has caused some opportunities for me to, um, to have that experience of realizing I really blew it and go back and take responsibility and share what I wish I would have said in a much more compassionate and understanding tone as opposed to accusatory and from a wound and and yet people might not always receive us at least right now and and that's what's been hard for me is to really take that full relational self-responsibility piece and put it out there like I'm so sorry and this is what I wish I would have said and then for someone to choose eh, I'm not going to repair with you. How? What can you offer listeners that have also been in this place? Because I think we all have. Absolutely. You know, first of all, we have to be able to do things. And you talk about the authentic self. It's like that has to be for our own edification. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to say something to somebody <clears throat> that comes from our heart and they don't receive it, we can't do anything about that. 
You know, we have put something out there that is, again, being true to the authentic self. That's our level of honesty, that if it's the way in which you say something, and if it's not received in the way that you would have hoped for, then you do let that go. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Because if you let someone's response or their lack of response to you affect you negatively, then that's when we go on the hamster wheel, and that's when we go into reactive mode, and that's when we take things personally. So a lot of the support and the nurturing and the caring of our own authentic self is to be true, first and foremost, to ourselves, so that we can then be that to others, do you know? Mm -hmm. And not to berate ourselves, by the way, that let's just say someone doesn't receive what we say with love and acceptance, or if we were in fact rude or short with somebody. Mindfulness repair, and I say this in the book, it's not about beating yourself up because you said something rudely to somebody, it's the aha moment of going, you know, that wasn't really cool, or that wasn't really kind, or that wasn't really compassionate. I'll work on that. I'll I'll become better at that Yes. so that I can catch myself quicker next time. You want to be very aware of not to go into where you start to beat yourself up because that becomes very counterproductive. You know, this is a learning process. We're learning. We're evolving. We've got to be kinder. Talk about compassionate. We have to start these things with ourselves, first and foremost, or we don't stand a chance of doing that with others. Absolutely. You know, we got to do the work. It's an inner job. It's you know, this is an inside job. We got to work on ourselves first and foremost, or else we're not going to be that much good for someone else. Or the way you laid the book out is so beautiful with the four headings, and I'll let our listeners know, four kind of main umbrellas. Time, number two is understanding, number three is living, and then four is realization. And then under those headings are those different aspects of self, as I keep thinking of it, and a a specific meditation to help us with our past, our present, and future. I'm curious how you came up with this book. It your personal connection to it and such, if you would share that with us. Well, you know, this book is very dear to my heart. Um, you know, it's obviously all of our our works that we've, we've birthed from our soul, you know, they are that. But this book in particular, I wrote this when my dear sister Esther passed away. And for anybody who's read Says Who?, uh, that was really the beginning of uh, sharing my story with others and that I had a sister who I loved beyond words mm-hmm. who uh, was mentally ill. And my book says who really was born from a need to have a, a deeper understanding of um, mental health and wellness. Her her illness had Uh, affected my life in such a profound way that it set me on a deep psycho-spiritual journey to find out more about the workings of the mind. Live True was a book that I wrote right after Esther passed away. Mm. And it was um, profoundly um, uh, difficult uh, losing her for me. And I feel as if she helped guide me in this book. I feel that she... Um, you know, really, her spirit guided me to to write this in that I wanted to share what it means to value life. I wanted to write a book that really 
shines a light on, you know, this is it, mm-hmm. people. This is it. This is this is our life. You know, what do you want that to be? Do you want your life to be lived um, as to who you really are? You know, or do you want to live it as someone that you're not? Mm. You know, um, losing a loved one puts everything in perspective. And it certainly did that for me. And it made me realize that what really matters to us if we don't drop into being true and real and authentic and stop playing the game of dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Do you know? I think that's what you know really troubles the world in so many ways. We it is the macro micro. You know, if we want to look at what why the world isn't working, we got we got to look at what isn't working in our own lives. Yes. So that really, Lisa, is what I feel really was born from my own heart and soul. Was that um, Estes passing? Um, had me write this and that we don't have time to waste. Hence, you know, the beginning right off, right out of the gates. It's like, let's talk about time. Let's talk about the moments of our lives. Let's talk about how precious they are and how meaningful they are and why in the world would we even think to waste a single one of them? Because as I say and live true, you know, it's the last breath that we take that we may wish that we had not wasted a single moment. Mm-hmm. And why wait till then? So it's, it's, a, it's a real, um, it's an homage. It's a, it's a love poem for my sister so that others can share in it and understand how precious and valuable this life is. Or that's beautiful. And I do remember the evening where you hosted an event at Mystic Journey interviewing Malika Chopra shortly Uh, after your sister had passed and not knowing that it happened. And and you so authentically shared with the audience about how you considered canceling the event, which everyone would have understood, yet how for you her passing really highlighted the importance of now and you living your moments authentically. And this book is a clear birthing of that love and desire yes you're welcome to share your journey and about love forgiveness i think understanding and connection and that relationship you had with esther and still do it just permeates this this book in a beautiful way exactly thank you that's that's lovely thank you and i appreciate that yeah you know that's that's where i that's where i'm at with this book it's about let's let's live who we are Let's awaken to the authentic self and live your life as real and as meaningful and as um, beautifully as you possibly can. Do you know? Yes. Or we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the work you, you've done using mindfulness re- related to addictions and the way you bring it up and live true, talking about desire and uh, embracing our desires versus cutting off from them so mm-hmm. we're going to pause for about a minute and then I'll, I'll be back to you great awesome indeed listening is the new reading with audible you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home in your car at the gym anywhere on the go with over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from for you the listener of all things therapy audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy 
help yourself and friends find a purpose in life? Then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with Lisa Tahir as she initiates a one-on interaction with inspiring authors, healing experts, and spiritual directors. Join the League of Heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Let's make the world free of suicide, poverty, depression, and in all, make the world a better place for everyone. Welcome back to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Ta here. Today I'm with Aura Nadrich, a mindful meditation teacher and practitioner, author, speaker. We are talking about her newest book, Live True, a mindfulness guide to authenticity. So Aura, you've done a lot of work on podcasts and such, helping people with addictions to identify ways to to understand that pattern, I think in a different way than a lot of therapists and healing professionals do. And the portion of Live True, talking about desire, really stood out to me where um, you talk about it as our desires really are about connection, to be understood, to be loved, to feel safe. Can you talk to us about that? Absolutely. You know, I do say in Live True that, that desire is a natural thing for us to feel. And, you know, but it's interesting because so much of what we sometimes interpret as a desire, I mean, we have the natural survival desires and we have pleasure desires and all of that good stuff, you know, that, that we want to keep satisfied and sated. But sometimes there's just a deep seated, you know, motor churning, if you will, behind a desire that we have, which could be you know, just a deep connection, love, a want for something that we're interpreting it through satisfying our physical or sensual desires. And, you know, that really does then go into the area of addiction that, you know, I mean, we all have compulsivity and, you know, it comes out in in a variety of ways. I think for the addict, it it comes to the point where (laughs) there's a feeling of out of controlness with that desire. And in my work, because I, I go, you know, really right to the pulse, what I call take a spiritual pulse, yes. as to what's really going on in there. That's why the inner journey, I feel, is so important so that you can be, again, aware of what really is the desire that is deep within you, which might not have anything to do with what you're reaching out for. Do yes, you know? yes. And, you know, for, for most of us, I mean, I can relate to even like going to say ice cream as, as an example, eating ice cream and you know, you're satiated, you're eating not because you're hungry anymore. It's like you're trying to feed another hunger. And uh, I, I can say with 100% of certainty, it's times when I really do want connection and to reach out to someone to maybe send a text to somehow get outside of yourself can help truly self-soothe the impulse you know, instead of the the food or the drugs or the alcohol or the sex, to to learn to I think ask those deeper questions that Live True asks to really e- mm-hmm. excavate what's mm-hmm. going on, like the layers of ourselves. Yeah, and to be able to know the difference, and this is a process. You know, this isn't an overnight thing or an overnight cure. This is a process. You know, this is a journey, and I want people to know that this is a journey. This is a self 
awareness journey. And first and foremost, be kind to yourself in the process. And yes, we all have those desires, like I said, and those impulses. And it's not like we, you know, are never going to want to eat ice cream or those sort of pleasurable, soothing foods. But sometimes it becomes excessive and sometimes it becomes overly compulsive and sometimes it becomes addictive. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want to watch for. You want to watch for, you know, if you start to see that your desires turn into compulsivity and you're not able to control it, you know there's something else going on in there. Mm -hmm. And you have to address it, or else you're going to be at the effect of those compulsive impulses that you have that could be detrimental to you. Do you know? That's that's key, do you know? And And I think that you don't want to wait till you're on the other side of it where it has turned into an out-of-control compulsivity or a addiction, do you know? It's yeah. to be able to work with it so that if you see that it's starting to happen, now that can sound easier said than done because we know how addictive things are. Food, mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, sex, you know, easily can that become addictive. And then the next thing you know, you can't get out from under it. So this is the type of preliminary work you want to do, that you can have a balance, that you can have an awareness that, yes, we have desire. But what I'm really proposing is for us to get connected, and that's, again, what mindfulness helps us do, so that if we start to have a yearning or a desire, that we can go a little bit deeper in yes. there and go, huh, I'm really craving. Yes. Or, I'm, you know, what, what's connected to that craving? Am I feeling lonely? You know, am I feeling unloved? Am I feeling insecure? You know, when we get good at that, and this is a practice that you really can get good at, you can see how it'll start to curb your cravings because you're substituting. You're substituting a desire for something more for something that's right on the surface. Mm -hmm. And and you speak in that section also about meaning and purpose and how that can bring satisfaction in those moments to to fulfill our lives and ourselves through deep meaning and purpose that then we feel connected and we don't have the impulse. Absolutely, for sure. And those are real questions to ask ourselves. You know, I do have meditations at the end of each of these chapters, and it's really a consolidating of what you've gotten from the chapter so that you can then put it into motion. It doesn't become an intellectual concept. And then, as you know, at the end of each chapter, I have something called note to self, Mm -hmm. which is even like a bonus reminder so that you can leave each chapter with this understanding of, ah, okay, I need to implement this into my life. And by doing so, I can become more aware of how to put this into practice. And, you know, the meditation for connecting to desire is be able to, in a meditative setting, ask ourselves those questions, you know, to know what it is we desire and how can we best serve our desire and have our desire serve us in a positive way so that it's not destructive, do you know? And that we are really in sync. We're what I call aligned with what really does serve our well-being. I want to read to our listeners one of your note to self (coughs) offerings in chapter one, uh, having to do with now. And this note to self, it's, it's profound in its straightforwardness. Now is the most real moment there is. I live in the moment of now. 
Yeah, pretty pretty simple, right, and pretty direct. And that's what I call simple wisdom. You know, if we can just say that to ourselves, I live in the moment of now. I'm showing up for the moment of now. I'm here in this moment of now. And I'm bringing my most real self, the best of me. And that's really, Lisa, the essence of the authentic self. It's learning how to bring the best of who we are forward into each moment that we're in. This is a practice. This is something we become more aware of. And that's the whole idea here. You know, I'm not good at writing these quick fix books, books, you know, <laughs> these quick, these quick immediately, let's just put a bandaid on it and make it all better. Um, this is something that I want people to practice mm-hmm. and to cultivate and to develop in themselves and to start to discover how beautiful this awakening can be for them. You know, my God, we spend so much time beating ourselves up yeah. and being so harsh on ourselves. We've got to stop it. Yes. So you start us there in chapter one with now, and then you end in chapter 30 with who am I? And just the deep, just spirit, like spiritual, uh, I'm blanking on the word, just uh, esoteric question of who am I? And Who am I? It's an age old biblical question. Yes. You know, who am I? You know, what uh, the conversation, if you want to go into a biblical talk context of between Moses and God, mm-hmm. do you know who am I? You know, who are all of us? Who's Lisa? Who's Aura? Who is the self that we bring to each moment of our lives? You know, we're, we have so many roles, personas, identities. I have to be this to this person. Oh, I have to be, I have to act this way to that person. I mean, children learn that early on in life. Oh, okay. Mommy thinks I'm a good girl if I act this way. Yes. Daddy compliments me if I do this. You know, we grow up this way that we have to morph ourselves into being something that we're not. And now's the time to strip ourselves what I call the layers of the false self. And your book really leads us through that process of defining who am I beyond I'm Lisa Tai here, I'm a therapist, to, to places like I am unconditional love, I am unrealized potential, I am these deeper truths that we are constantly yeah. are that are constantly available to us if we're curious to to look at the deeper layers absolutely so so well said lisa it's like yeah you know who i am and i say that in the last chapter without giving the very last chapter yeah, away yeah. but i i do because you know that i am you know you fill in the blanks who are we right now And who I am right now doesn't have to be who I was yesterday, and I might be something else tomorrow. You know, we're in process. We're evolving. We are beings that are becoming. Mm -hmm. We're in the process of becoming the best of who we want to be. That is the I am. Who is the I am that I am in this moment right now? You don't need to focus on you know, the less of yourself, which is where the inner critic comes in, where I am, oh, I'm a this and I'm a that and I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that. That's the inner negative critic that we need to be mindful of that could usurp a moment and just hijack it and make us feel horrible about ourselves. And what I'm really proposing here is who am I right now? Who is the best of aura in this moment? With you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Who's Lisa? The best of Lisa who is in this moment with Aura. If we could do that, 
our moments will be so much more real. Do you and, know? Yes, and rich. And so and in, that, rich. in that vein, you offer transformational workshops. You have done them at Rhythmia and Costa Rica multiple times. You have a workshop coming up February 22nd at 1440 Multiversity in Northern California. Can you talk to listeners about that and how they can get online to learn more about it in case they want to register yes, and meet you and learn I'm, more? Yeah, I'm very excited to be doing <laughs> this workshop with Dr. Ronald Alexander, um, who is the author of Wise Mind, Open Mind. And Ron is a dear friend, colleague, mentor, and we are doing this workshop together at Multiversity, which is supposed to be absolutely beautiful. I've heard that too. And it's, uh, Multiversity is nestled in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz, so that's just totally yummy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to cover so much. You know, it's, it's going to be this fantastic workshop where we really are going to talk about a lot of the things that we're talking about with Live True and the authentic self and what it means to be real, what it means to not live dishonestly, what it means to be true to who we are, what it means to accept who we are, do you know, and how to be able to live authentically, to understand that our moods change, but we are in transformation. We are in the understanding of the awakening of self. And that's what Ron and I are going to cover. You know, you can go online, you can go on to um, my website, orinagers.com. You can go on um, Ron Alexander's uh, Facebook page. There's a lot to find there. And I would love for people to join us. It's going to be a very magical workshop. I know that it will be. Having attended one of your weekend intensives, that was beautiful and transformative and healing. Thank you. You're welcome. Aura, Uh thank you. You are a gift and a blessing, and I am grateful to have you in my life, and thank you for being my guest today. Oh, Lisa, thank you so much for having having me back. I so enjoyed it. You're welcome. I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. That concludes my show today with author, speaker, and teacher, Aura Nadrich. You can find more about her, auranadrich.com. And also, I'll post this on my Facebook page and Instagram at NOLA Therapy. There's a link to this podcast, All Things Therapy. And please keep subscribing and sharing this work. I love you all and I'm so grateful to have you listening in or watching live on Facebook. I hope everyone has a really wonderful week. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.